Are you listening to CBJRadio.com yet? The 2021 International Singer-Songwriters Association Radio Station of the Year. It's a free internet radio station, brand new shows every day. Shows range from hip-hop to rock to all-independent shows to a Friday night request show. And don't miss Retro Saturday Nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskarud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello, friends. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Welcome to uh, season three. I didn't think the show would last this long, and I would like to thank the guests, all of them, for being on the show. And well, here's to many more seasons. Now, I talk about my family a lot on these episodes. And uh, I want to let them know I love them, and I wouldn't be the man I am today without them. I am lucky enough to have four parents, three sisters that care about me no matter uh, the physical distance between us or what I say about them on the shows, good or bad. But I want to let them know I love them, and sometimes uh, they are kind of the funny part, the focal point of some of my stories and, uh, but they're really good people, and I love them. And if you think I'm cool, you'll definitely love my family. Now, today's guest is Brett Williams. And I've been trying to get him on the show since the show started, but it started around COVID, and he took on like a whole different role with the University of Wyoming and, and the COVID response team. And he did a just excellent job, but I know it kept him busy, kept him stressed. And, uh, Things have kind of chilled out now, and so I got him on the show. And I've known him for very, very, very long. And we've had many good times, funny times, interesting experiences together. And I have two stories that didn't make the podcast but are worth telling. Now, back in the 90s, as you will learn that we hung out a lot in the 90s, uh, we had house parties. And uh, there were no cell phones or anything like that. And so... Brett was going to call me, but we had this guy that was part of our our squad, our crew, um, but he was like a built-in bouncer. Uh, His name's Mike Crabtree, and uh, I think he's passed away since, and um, he's the type of guy that I always said, if two guys with baseball bats attacked him, I feel sorry for the guys with baseball bats, because he is just a tough, just scrappy, big, rough dude, like and he looked scary, but he was on our team. He was our friend. And so he was the bouncer at these house parties we'd have. You know, he let people in. He charged money. He would uh, regulate phone usage because there was no cell phones. Uh, everybody had to call each other via landlines. So Brett was calling me. Uh, I don't know why. I can't remember why. Either to get to the party or pick up more alcohol. I'm not really sure why. But Brett starts making the phone call. He gets the phone to his ear. And I do believe you'll have to ask him for sure. The phone gets slapped out of his hand. And all I hear on the other end is, uh, uh, or maybe it was like, hey, really? And then the phone went flying. 
And uh, Mike was taking the phone away from Brett. He didn't ask Mike if he could use the phone. And Brett was like, I- I'm just trying to call Rude. And, and Mike was like, oh, damn, sorry, Rude's cool. Go ahead and call him. And uh, I think uh, you have to ask Brett for that, his side of the story. But it was very interesting because, yeah, you get this phone call and it's just like, and then you just hear like the phone go flying. Second story about Brett was many, many years later after that, uh, I started dating my now girlfriend. So I guess it's about uh, 10 years ago, maybe a little longer. And we're going to Lincoln, Nebraska, and we're meeting, uh, meeting one of her best friends from high school. And Tia and her best friend grew up in a town called Falls City, Nebraska, tiny town, um, northeastern Nebraska, uh, northwestern Nebraska. And uh, so we get to her house and talking, hanging out, getting to know uh, Kara and her husband, Jeremy. And so I go down the hallway to his bathroom and I see Brett on the wall, like on the pictures. And I'm like, wow. Brett's in some pictures here. This is interesting because it's a guy I grew up with, a guy I knew for a very long time. Use bathroom, come back uh, to the group. And I'm like, uh, why is Brett Williams on your wall? And it turns out Brett's wife, Tracy, is sisters with Kara. And Kara is my girlfriend's best friend. And they grew, all grew up together in Fall City. And so it kind of tied Laramie and Fall City together with me, Dane, Tita, Tia, and Brett being married to Tracy and knowing Kara. And it was just such a kind of surreal in- incident because I can't remember the last time I'd saw Brett at the time, even though I was living in Laramie. Uh, I knew he was here, but I just didn't see him all that much. Now we tailgate and hang out a lot and everything. But it was a very surreal experience and, and made the world a, a very small place. All right, let's get to the interview. So I was born in Broken Bow, Nebraska. Um, everyone should Google it. It's right in the center of the state. It's the county seat of Custer County, Nebraska. Beautiful place. Home of the Indians. Um, I moved to Laramie, Wyoming in third grade. And uh, yeah. So are your parents like native Nebraskans? How did they meet in and get to Broken Bow. That's a really good story. So, <laughs> yeah. so no, my dad is from um, a place called Elizabeth, New Jersey. Oh, wow. um, my mom was born and raised in Liverpool, England. Um, my dad joined the Air Force and uh, he moved, well, not moved, <laughs> was stationed in France. And he and my mom met, uh, she was in nursing school and went on like a spring break type trip. In like 1960, (laughs) I'm guessing, uh, to France. And they met at a club there. And I don't know what happened. They ended up getting married in Liverpool, England. And then she went and lived with him in France. My older brother um, uh, was born in France on on the base. And uh, so he can't be president. He wasn't born. um, I always tell him that. And... uh, they, when he got out of the service, this was during Vietnam. And so, um, he got out at the right time. It sounded like, yeah. and, uh, they went to, um, well, he got stationed in Offutt air force base in Omaha and then got out. And so 
they moved to Fremont, Nebraska, and he worked at Midland College uh, just at a house. And they they had a house they lived in where like uh, kind of like, I don't know, I'm trying to think in comparison, like Laramie, like a teacher home type place where bad kids go to live in a house and be okay. not bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they ran that with my brother while he got his uh, undergraduate degree. And then um, once he got his undergraduate degree, he got a teaching job in North Platte, Nebraska. And then he commuted to Kearney to get his master's degree. And once he got his master's degree, he became the principal of both elementary schools in Broken Bow, Nebraska. So that's kind of how. Wow. See, now it all makes sense. I never knew your dad was from Jersey. Oh, yeah. He's a Jersey. Now it all makes sense talking with your dad. He definitely has that. Uh, Jersey thing to him. Uh, and of course, you should, yeah, meet the, you should meet the rest of the family. He's got like yeah. six brothers and sisters and they're oh, all wow. Jersey. <laughs> yeah. And, and your mom, that's easy. She had a British accent. Like I think when I first met her, it's kind of wore off a little bit. We've, we've worn on her here in America. Uh, I'm sure a long time now. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure if she gets to visit back home, she's going to watch the Beatles at the cavern. Like she talks about it. Like, yeah, we used to watch the Beatles at the cavern, like NBD. No big, no big deal. <laughs> It's just the Beatles, whatever, you know, saw history. Cool. She was, she was, she was like, I was more of an Elvis fan. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I, Hey, respect Elvis's music. But uh, I, I like the Beatles more, but I backtracked into the Beatles. I like listen to John Lennon music. And then, cause I was like, I don't like the Beatles music. Backtrack the Beatles from John. Yeah. I <laughs> cause I wasn't into like, I want to hold your hand and stuff like that. The poppy stuff. I know it. It really so you were you were more of a Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson guy. Oh yeah, ouch. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of was like it seemed like during that time period when like old like older musicians like a Paul McCartney, uh like Steve Winwood, um, God, who else? There's a few other ones where I I saw them in the 80s and their best music was like in the 60s and 70s, 80s, like put pastels on them and pop their call. It was some rough times and i was like i wish i would have saw them earlier in life but yeah i, I mean i beatles i backtracked in um as some people say yo you like the druggy beatles and i was like whatever made them sound better from this time on yeah i'm in on that one uh so you mentioned your older brother do you have any other siblings yeah i have another brother um so he was born um well i gotta think i gotta make sure i say this right yeah. i think he was born in north platte actually um no no he was born in fremont um so when they were in fremont my brother dan uh was born there um and again i wasn't born until they moved to broken bow so um yeah i have another and, what, uh, and your brothers are in wyoming today still they are yeah my brother mike lives in sheridan and my other brother lives in uh douglas douglas yeah once we got him to Wyoming, we never let go of those. No, it sucked because I officiated basketball for a long time and all of their kids played basketball um, and, home and it was, yeah, they'll, they'll never, I fouled out my oldest nephew, Bryce, uh, in the, in the, uh, regional tournament. Um, they say I fouled him out. I, I will guarantee he fouled himself out. Yeah. I just, yeah. had to, I just had to make the call. So. Don't do the crime. If you can't do the time doesn't care who you're related to it's refing yeah oh yeah i'm all Wayne slate I'm is an official i have no yeah. there's no favoritism there yes good good i'm all about that i think i got some uh home calls a few times in football and laramie by your dad i think i got some good home calls 
Well, that's the only that's the only way he can yeah. get jobs. I was actually a good official. Yeah. <laughs> he got jobs by calling for the home team. <laughs> yeah. And I got to give him credit. He had a 38-year officiating career. He's in the Hall of Fame in Wyoming. <laughs> so oh, wow. I, I, I mean, it wasn't all game long, but there were a few where I was like, I recognized him later in life from city council. And I was like, oh, yeah, he called. He wrapped our games. Thanks, Dave, for that <laughs> call <laughs> and such. Uh, yeah, we can talk about your those days of your dad being in city council as well. Um, so do you have many memories growing up in Broken Bow? I mean, you moved in the third grade, so there's a lot of memories there. Yeah, no, Broken Bow was great. Like, I love it to this day. Um, we still try and go back whenever we can. Um, my brother was just back for a, for a funeral, unfortunately. But we went back, me and my other brothers, uh, both of them, for uh, what would have been my middle brother Dan's uh, high school reunion is like 25 years or something like uh, that. Yeah. Um, but we went back and it was, it was cool. It was fun. We, we saw a lot of people we knew still know. Um, I mean, it's one of those places that like, it's a small enough town that we can still roll into town. I'll never forget me and my brother, Mike, um, we went and played golf at the country club, broken bow country club. <laughs> and my dad used to like live there during the, s- the summer and spring and all that. Um, but we walked into the, the bar after our round and the bartender was like, are you Williams's? And it's like, we haven't been there in 20 some years. And yeah, she was our next door neighbor and uh, recognized us right away. So no, Broken was great. I have lots of great memories there. Um, great town. You definitely look like your dad and brothers for sure. You, you can clearly, we all look the same, yeah. <laughs> you're very, very related. I'm the best uh, looking, but we all look the same. Yeah. Each, each sibling has their, their best. You know, I am the smartest and the best look looking. I'm sorry, my sisters, but that's just what happened. I got the good genetics. I, I bust on them a lot, actually. Uh, my sisters are way better looking than me, I think. I don't know. Try not to really think about it too much, but yeah. Uh, so like growing up, were you like the typical youngest brother living in your brother's shadows, wanting to do what they did? Or were you kind of carving your own way in activities? So I would say I was, I was, uh, yeah, a little bit of both. I don't know. Like, so my oldest brother was 10 years older than me, 10 years and two days older than me. My other Uh brother was eight years older than me. So there was a, there's an age gap. Right. And so like when I was young, young, I totally wanted to be like my brothers. Um, but then they moved, they all moved out (laughs) and I had like five or six years where it was just me and I kind of carved my own path there. And I fortunately lived in the nineties where cutting your own path was like the thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah. So no, I, I had a mix. Like, uh, I won't say they didn't mentor me a little bit or want me to do well or whatever else. And I didn't, I can't say I didn't want to, I like my older brother, Mike played high school basketball and I love basketball. Yeah. Um, but he couldn't make a layup. So like <laughs> I watched him play all these years and I was like a little kid going like my brother sucks. Uh, and so I made sure like when I got to high school, like if I got a wide open layup, I'm gonna make the layup. So he mentored me there, but I would say I cut my own path. Yeah. Like I wore Chuck Taylor's in high school basketball and, uh, everyone else was wearing Jordan's. So I, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I, my, I mean, my oldest sister is six years older than me. Then I have a stepsister that's four years older. Didn't really grow up with her all that much. Um, and a younger sister is 11 years younger than me. But I'm the only boy, so like I had a lot of my own stuff going on, um, curfews, uh, stuff like that, um, and 
so but yet i love like my older sister's musical influences totally just influenced me for a good 12 years of my life and then she went off to college or hip-hop came out out the beastie boys and run dmc she wasn't really into it i was all about it and that's where we went our separate ways but she cast a big shadow because in oregon she was the original rude and so because flash groups are to say people shorten it down and uh she was the original one and so i would go into classes and teachers would be like oh you're rochelle's little brother oh you're so-and-so's yeah rochelle's little brother and they, i'd hear that all the time same the coach she had him for track i'm for football oh you're rude's little brother you're now rude and when i got to wyoming clean slate nobody ever heard of <laughs> rochelle and uh rude built organically eventually through sports but um it was a lot of time spending i don't i'm not rochelle i'm different yeah she's my sister she's cool and all that and i like a lot of things she likes but i'm different and so i can with the age gap i remember that because she moved out and it was great but then i had a little sister that came along but she was young enough to where i had a few years to where you know i was mad in the house my parents divorced what it was uh i had my own childhood for a little bit and I'm, i wanted a little brother so bad i'm so happy i got a little sister because she didn't play with my toys she didn't <laughs> take my clothes i mean she eventually got my clothes because they were cool and stuff like that the baggy stuff and when you were talking about the 90s and growing up then and cutting your own path i was like that makes a lot of sense to who i am today too besides being the middle child but i was like yeah, we were we were tired of uh, disco glam rock and became grunge gangster rappers in the 90s. And Chuck Taylor's I wore them as fashion in like middle school a lot. It was a very popular thing to wear. I, I to this day, I still have like four pairs and I, I wear yeah. them all the time. Um, I don't know. Like that's it's like a part of my identity. But but yeah. it came from yeah, like 1989 to 1990 six at least but yeah man it was like i don't know i remember like here's my best 90s like like people talk about songs and and uh, i'm gonna sound so cliche here but <laughs> smells like teen spirit by nirvana came out and yeah i remember going to high school and like walking through the park i parked my car and was walking into class and like these are some laramie name drops here but like billy pine and um brad campbell and they were all around a car and blaring smells like, and it was the first time I'd heard it. Yeah. They're blaring the song and it was, you know, that ding, 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 ding. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, huh. And I'm listening to this and I was like, what am I hearing? Yeah. And I'll never forget that day because like that song was like, like, um, and there's a ton of great music that came out in that time frame. Don't get me wrong, but that song, like, when the first time you heard it was like, what is this? <laughs> Why is it so good? <laughs> like, I I, I kind of liked grunge at the time, but I was such a hip hop head right then. And, and by my second stuff, I love glam rock and I love the pyro and stuff. Next thing I know, it's like three dudes staring at the feet playing power chords. It's grunge. And I was like, what is this? So I, I really hated Nirvana for a long time because they like changed the landscape. I was not ready to see change. Plus I was way into like gangster rap. And so I was like, whatever, you know, whatever this is fine. I dressed like I was 
grunge thought of a grunge video but i was straight up dr dre snoop like for sure way over that stuff i love it now in life it's nostalgic and uh i always said i started liking nirvana the first time i ever heard dubstep music because that is the worst music ever and it made me rethink like stuff i hated in the past and i was like nirvana i'm giving you a chance and so now i listen to a lot See, and of i don't i don't really like a lot of nirvana stuff but that song that song was oh yeah like, boom and then like you throw in pearl jam like that was my and red hot chili peppers blood sugar sex oh, magic that oh, might yeah. be my favorite album of all time i'm a big Pe peppers fan but that goes back into that hip-hop piece like i listen trust me like i'm like i got hip-hop barbecue going on all the time yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> on my playlist to this day um but yeah, I don't know what it was that day and that song, like, and I think a lot of people have that kind of similar recollection to the first time they heard that song, just because it was just like, what is this? Yeah, I think I was in college too. And I was like, huh, this uh, grunge thing might take off. But uh, yeah, then I, I seemed to like Soundgarden, Bush, Stone Temple Hines, but everybody in Nirvana, I was in on. If someone played Nirvana at a party, I'd be like, I'm out or whatever. I would be like, <laughs> I'm going to do something else and uh but yeah i've changed my way since then actually appreciate it a whole lot and, there was a lot uh, that happened in the 90s route i'm not gonna lie to you so like these movies the 90s movies are like some of the greatest ever some of the greatest ever agreed yeah. and, and the style was really bad like everyone was wearing like baggy stuff and flannels yeah but all this happened like in one decade so like like I remember being in high school and college and, and it was, again, it was flannels and, yep. and baggy stuff and girls, girls wore like a lot of turtlenecks and like, it was weird, like turtlenecks tucked into to jeans that were high. And I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, like in 1998, Britney Spears comes out and all of a sudden everybody's dressed with no clothes. <laughs> yeah. So, all within the same decade. Oh yeah. It was, it was, yeah. And I mean, I hate to be that guy. It sounds so cliche uh, that talks about like, when during the 90s i was like i'm never gonna be a guy that glorifies a decade like people did the 80s or the 70s or the 60s i was like i'm never you know cutting your own path and but yet nowadays everything's points back to for, i was 16 to 26 in the in the 90s and i was like yeah uh it was a pretty cool decade of stuff uh don't you know i i try to compare their times and then it just doesn't work and i'm like but yet other people of other generations will be like, oh, yeah, play me some of that 90s stuff. Like, they're not catering to me. They just they like good stuff. So I was like, yeah, of course I will play 90s music because it's good. It's a good time. And the evolution of music, you know, like hip hop, early 90s, uh, a lot of pastels and stuff to all the way to like Eminem of the late 90s was was pretty interesting how it morphed and became more mainstream, like <laughs> all the hip-hop commercials that were out during the 90s are, are funny just pure funny well and it's not quite um so like it's not quite oldies music yet yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Years, but but then you have the super bowl this year and now everybody's like hey uh, Dr. yeah great guys snoop dog they seem pretty good yeah no doubt and it's everywhere i need to ask my mom if she watched it because like when i was uh, 16 years old, she got me a CD player. That was when CDs were first hitting it. And uh, she's like, I got to get you music. And she's like, on order is the door's best of. Cool. She just had to pick it up from the music store. The, and the, she's the double like, disc set? The double, the double disc? disc yep. yep. And uh, then she's like, 
and then you can go pick up out a, a CD, whatever you want. But I got you this one, and it was CNC Music Factory, which at the time, I, it's a mom wanting her kid to like that kind of hip hop. Everybody dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Things to make go. Hmm. Yeah. Which I was like, yeah, cool. I went out and bought uh, NWA 100 Miles and Running. And uh, she used to be like, I'd go do laundry because the laundry room was in our basement. And that's where my bedroom was. She's like, I was doing laundry. And you'd be rocking out the doors. The next thing I know, it was just filth, just just filth and swearing. And I don't even know what they're saying. And I was like, that's NWA, though. And I'm like, it's poetry and all that. (laughs) And so I wondered if she realized, probably not, that uh, Super Bowl was Dr. Dre straight out of NWA and such. I need to tell her that. uh, Being like, did you watch that? If she's like, like, man, I love that Super Bowl. Those guys are really good. Yeah. I told you. She's like, yeah, she probably knows Snoop Dogg because he's a cultural crossover of everything. So it's hard not to know who Snoop Dogg is. Well, I remember I got my first um, CD player was a was a card discman. Do you remember the old card discmans? They were like had an orange light Sony, and you got like you get a little thing you insert in your card and make it from skipping. Yep. Um, And I bought my first CD was um, the Beastie Boys. Um, Oh, what was the name of the album? You'll know it. Uh, black cover 90 check your head check your head check, check your head. head was my first cd um so for like three weeks that's all i listened to was <laughs> just driving around check your head and then i got blood sugar sex magic and i that was a big deal because we went to fort collins shopping at the mall and i hit the cd store and um there were two albums out at the time um pearl jam 10 mm-hmm. and um red hot chili peppers blood sugar sex magic and I had to fight with my dad a little bit because the blood sugar sex magic <laughs> album had the parental advisory oh, yeah. logo on it. And luckily the girl working at the desk, like, so I had the two albums and he was going to get me the one I had to choose, but one didn't have parental advisory. The Pearl Jam one didn't Red Hot Chili Peppers did. And she said, the lady at the counter, she said, it's not that bad. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was the selling point. And then I put it in the car and was driving around going. There's some bad words in this song. This <laughs> album. See, I got in Chili Peppers, the mother's milk. Me that, too. Yeah. Madge Johnson. And but that was the tape. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and there was a uh, in DECA, a club I was involved in high school. Uh, there was a cute girl. Uh, and from like Cheyenne or something that wore a, a mother's milk t-shirt. And I was like, what's that all about? And so I yeah, got, well, it was kind of, a, it was kind of, a, yeah. cause yeah, there was a lot going on in that t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like and she so, had her arm over here and the red hot chili peppers were here. Yeah. I was like, what's that all about? And so she's like, you've never heard. And I was like, no, I want to hear some. Of course she probably had the disc man or the walk man. And I was like, yeah, this is good. And I was friends with uh, guys who played, in a band or played music in high school and so um they're always dropping like heavy metal stuff on me so i heard some early red out chili peppers while i was like all right and next thing you know they're singing on the bridge and i was like whoa easy there chili peppers yeah they they made a big jump like it was uh and those of us that knew them before were like these guys are good there was some of it was a little out there yeah. like um 
and I don't know, like a lot of people like skateboarding and stuff like that. Like they were all into it. Um, a lot of cool people, honestly. Oh yeah. But they were into like, you know, all those bands, REM, uh, like alternative music was kind of like in its early stages. Um, yeah, that was yeah, uh, definitely a place. Decca going in and out of Laramie is where I met other music. Love the people that were like exposed me to more stuff. Cause I, I came from, I moved here when I was 13, uh, from suburb of Portland. So I went from like huge to small and like there was no internet and MTV was the closest thing I had to like real world stuff. And I Larry, me, I was like, Oh, fashion, just wait about a year and it'll hit. Or like, you know, <laughs> and so like, it was interesting uh, coming to Laramie. And so uh, escapism happened a lot, joining clubs, playing sports and everything. Cause I longed to be back in the, in the big city area, even though I thought like I moved back to Laramie in 2003 after life in New York and said five years, it is now 19 years. I did not go anywhere else. Uh, good job and such. But I was like, I must like Laramie. It grew on me, but I really hated it for a strong period of my life. So moving from, see, I'm going to remind you back all the way to Broken Bow to, to move to Laramie. Was it a big city jump for you or had you visited? We, you know, when we first moved here, yeah, no, it was a huge jump. I mean, we went from like 4,500 people to 30,000. So yeah, oh, yeah. That was, there was a McDonald's. Like, yeah, like crazy. Stuff like, stuff like as a little kid, you think of like, like something neat to go to. McDonald's yeah. was neat to go to. That yes. means we're out of town and going somewhere. Um, and so having that um, and like, I remember um like in elementary school, I wanted to ride my bike to school and not ride the bus because I just didn't want to ride the bus. And my mom was really freaked out about me riding the bike by myself because it was such a big city. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, I laugh about it yeah. and anyone who lives here laughs about it, but coming from where we came from and she lived in the huge city, Liverpool is a big city. Yeah. But, she, and she did never rode a bike. I can tell you that she'd never rode a bike in the city. They took public transportation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in Broken Bow, I could ride my bike to school and no one even thought about it. So um, things like that were a little tough. Um, but I mean, it didn't take long to get past that. Like once yeah. you got kind of got used to all of it. Um, I don't know. Laramie, Laramie's Laramie. Um, <laughs> what what elementary school did you end up going to? I went to Thayer Elementary, okay. uh, which is now the alternative high school. But all right. Um, which was another weird thing. So understand my dad was the principal at both elementaries and broken bow. And so I was in school and he was my principal. Uh -huh. And when we moved here, he said he didn't think it was a good idea for him to be my principal. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and that was a hard change because he'd always been my principal. So, yeah. um, so I went to there, I could have gone to there or vital. He was at vital. Um, he ended up being principal, I think at every elementary school in this town, but, um, it was fine. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so as a kid, what kind of activities were into? Uh, it's just sports or you're a big reader, you know, um, fishing. <laughs> I did like fish. So yes, yes. And yes. Okay. Um, I was into sports. I was into, um, I got really lucky. Um, when we moved here, Laramie was actually a pretty inviting community to a young kid. Um, so my dad was a new principal and I don't know the connection, but I think um, he was like uh, the dean of the 
A&S, Ollie Walters. He just oh, lives yeah. by me. That's why I'm pointing over here. He lives okay. by me. Um, and they lived in the same house up here. Um, but I think his his wife was a teacher maybe and working for my dad. And they made me, and I did, I was not for this, but we moved into our new house and I didn't know anybody. And I'm just hanging out the house. It's summertime, you know what I mean? Between moving yeah. and, and I had to go over to their house and I met Eli Walter and we ended up being pretty good friends. And I actually had a pretty good day. I was really yeah. worried about it. I was stressed out about the move. And so right before we moved, uh, I was in England for like six months. Um, my mom and I went to England for six months and, um, dad interviewed for these jobs and got this one. And we were in England when he called and she was telling me that like, okay, when we get back to Broken Bow, we're going to move two weeks later. And I'm like, to where? And she's like, Larry, Wyoming. And I'm like, where, what is yeah. that? Um, so it was, it was pretty, it was a tough time for little Brett. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we got here and, and I got to go there. And then, uh, like, um, Mr. Kendall, do you remember Mr. Kendall? He was like oh, yeah. the principal at the high school. Yep. So he helped us move like our furniture in with, with his one arm. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then like, uh, the foul jeans, like the owners of oh, yeah. bar at the time, they were bringing us 12 packs of beer and like, it was pretty weird. I was like, why is everyone oh. so nice here? And I don't think people, uh, in Laramie ever appreciate that again, it's summertime <laughs> and I understand the difference yeah. in Laramie people between seasons, but yeah, no, it's like the, it was a pretty welcoming community and, um, Greg words lived down the street, uh, Sean McKenzie, you lived just around the corner when you got here. I think I was oh, actually yeah. here before you, but yeah. Um, yeah. I do uh, 90 or 91, I think. Yeah. To the yeah but I mean, like our, our neighborhood, we all grew up in and yeah. when you, I mean, you live there, so I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought Laramie was pretty embracing at the time. Again, it was big for me. It was yeah. different. There was a Gibson's. <laughs> Gibson's. There was a Gibson's back in the day. Yeah. Wow. I remember like Osco. There, yeah. Osco, uh, Alco. Alco. Yeah. Alco. Yeah. That was where the Murdoch's is now. Yeah. Um, there was where former Albertsons was over by like Arnold and where the like UW parking, parking lot now. Yeah. yeah. Still, the, old, but that, the still is, yeah, the old still, the old still. But it was like there were two stores there because we first lived on Arnold Street when we moved to Laramie. Kurt Kelly lived right down the street, he was one of the first people I met. Um, and uh, but there were two stores that were right there, Albertsons, and I can't remember the name of the other one. Uh, but my parents felt pretty safe because we came from a big area, and uh, I rode, I walked to school in middle school in Oregon. Um, cause I lived in the Valley between our middle school and our, our, uh, elementary school. And so she was like, you were walking to like Fred Myers, which is, I don't know if you've ever been in one, but it's like a Walmart of the West before Walmart ever showed up. It's got everything. It was like the mall to us. And I mean, we had malls in Portland, but that was far away, but we could bike it out to Fred Myers and stuff. I was like, you were doing that when you're like 10. She's like, I'm a terrible parent. I was like, no, you let me explore the world. I'm still here. Nobody tried to take me. And, <laughs> and I had a great like forest behind my house, like two acres of just a creek ran through it. So imagination ran wild. And then behind that was a, a neighborhood, like the, the cul-de-sac that everybody grows up in. So we learned how to ride bikes and all that but I could disappear into the forest and it's, you know, being a Jedi. 
and uh, it, it was it was a great childhood. And then I moved to Laramie at 13, right when you're kind of getting out of that phase, and and girls are a little more appealing than they ever will before. And so in Oregon, like I, I was part of a you know the popular crowd, and I moved to Laramie, and I'm nobody again. So it was a tough for me uh, at first. And then, uh, yeah, sports was definitely where I buried myself and, and played and had fun and met people and established my identity. And, and then, but yet I did, I went out for the school play in eighth grade instead of playing basketball that year. Like I got cut in, La- in Oregon. I was a reasonable basketball player, but I got cut and I was like, whatever, I'm not doing this thing anymore. And I went out for the play and I had like three lines. I played an old doctor. And uh, the Velveteen Rabbit. But I always had that kind of stuff in the background. Not thinking, what am I going to do if I'm not playing football? But thinking, I just got to do something different. So I was in DECA, like I said, and and doing drama enough to, like, classes, but never overlapping football or or skiing or whatever. Um, And I was not academically inclined at (laughs) all. For being, like, a kid of educators, uh, no. Um, and maybe they didn't feel like, I mean, maybe they were like, oh, if I push him, he'll go the other way. But I hear about their people's parents cracking the books, you know, cracking down on him for getting grades and stuff. And my parents, they cared, but they weren't hardcore. And so, so your parents that's, have, the, that's yeah. the downside when you're, when your dad's a principal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I had to maintain grades, but, but again, uh, uh, what? I don't know. I didn't think it was that hard. I was, I was smart enough to know like what classes to take that I would be okay in. And I don't know. I didn't care that much about it and worry that much about it. Yeah. I do remember like you brought up fishing and and we used to go out oh, yeah. to um, the snowy range and uh, my dad uh, loved fishing. He really loved fishing. Um, but we would go to lookout Lake and it's, there's mirror Lake. And then if you just hike, just it's not far. Like, yeah. But there's a little lake up there and we'd go there and sit on a rock and fish and he would stick a six pack of beer in the water. <laughs> and we were there until that six pack was gone. <laughs> yep. And he was patient and I'd fish and we'd catch you know, these tiny little fish and um, he'd finish the six pack and we'd drive back to Laramie. But um, he still, even, even to this day, I, I bet if I took him up there, I mean, he wouldn't know what was going on, but <laughs> he would certainly look around at it like, oh. <laughs> I think a part of it with him would kind of, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, I fished in Oregon so much with my dad, so much, uh, moved to Wyoming. I think I went twice ever <laughs> since. And there's so much great fishing we done around here, but I got, I, mean, I was caught up doing other stuff and I was so shocked. Like, I think the first time I caught a fish in like a river or something that it wasn't pink, Cause I was used to salmon, like on all the side lakes, uh, the Columbia river gorge and stuff. So it was all salmon and it was all pink. And I was like, is this a fish? Okay. Like <laughs> it looks, it doesn't have any color. And so that was kind of shocking. Yeah. I was kind of look back and going, I wish you had done more, but I think a lot of weekends were yeah. Wrapped up in sports and, and stuff like that. And also like a new kid to snow, like real snow. Like we get, in Oregon, like you get an inch and the place shuts down. And, you know, my friends and I are out trying to soak up every inch and slide and everything. And now there's real snow in Wyoming 
And I was like, oh my God, what do we get ourselves into? And then it would just get cold. Like, oh, today's going to be a uh, negative 50. And it's the worst, the worst part is like, like, you know, the summers are so nice here oh, yeah. um, and it's so great, but man, when it hits winter and it just, you get that first big snow and it doesn't leave like that snow is <laughs> yeah. <just> there <laughs> yeah. for like the next however many months. Um, yeah. I don't know. Wyoming's a tough place to live. I always have said that. Um, that's yeah, not for everybody. No, it's not no. for everybody. Um, <laughs> That's it. And, and again, I think there's a lot of reason that like, um, you know, I think people like you and me, Rude, I think we've been pretty blessed in our experience here in, in Laramie, especially our, our second time coming back. Yeah. I, I lived in Nebraska for a long time and then moved back here. And the same deal. I thought I'd be here a couple of years and it ends up I'm here a lot longer. But um, <laughs> yeah. but again, uh, I can't wait to be somewhere else. <laughs> so, sure. I'm one of those that I'm like, yeah, we'll see what opportunities come up. <laughs> I have uh, six years until my rule of 25. And so I go, just grind it out and think about what you want to do with your life in six years. And you can take that wherever you want to go. But I'm like, I never thought I'd be at years, like six years to go out of this job at the university. I never, I didn't think that was going to be a thing and now i'm like well, all right 20 years is next year holy cow this is but it's been a good job I, I i mean i've changed a lot my jobs changed a ton and all that but uh i like working for the university as opposed to when i worked in uh tv news uh that grinded me up and spat me out and all that so education i feel like i make a difference i might not be a teacher per se but part of the part of the system that gets people educated well i mean so that at the end of the day, I may not make millions of dollars, but it, it's good for the brain, good for the body, good for the soul and all that. No, and I, I can't say enough how much I love working in higher education. I just, I just think it's the be all. And again, it's, it's, I loved being in college. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I too. love, I love that whole lifestyle and uh, working at a college um, yeah. or a university. I think you get a kind of still own some of that. Um so I think that's an important piece. And then again, you want, uh, as I've gotten older, I look, I look at the students we have now and things like that. When I first started at the university, like I felt like I was one of them. Like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the same boat. Um, cause I was young enough still, but now that I've gotten older now, it's like, man, I just want them to have this. I want students to have the same experience that Definitely. I had. And I didn't go to this university, but yeah. at the same time, like I want, those students to have the same experience I had at my college. So and I, I love Laramie. Oh, I just smacked my way. I love Laramie for that because it's a college town. And so it has the energy of a college town all the time. Yeah, I may get older, but I go visit other places and I'm like, I'm not as old as people in other places because I'm in a college town. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. You're dead on. I, and I've said that all along. I'm like, I won't, even if I move somewhere, there has to be a college or university there. I, I cannot live somewhere yeah. that doesn't have that energy. And then that's yeah. exactly the word you're using the right word. It's that energy. Yeah. And again, we grew up in it, right? Like we grew yeah. up here, um, again, felt it, uh, went to the university. Uh, you know, I went to a college in Nebraska, yeah. but it was, so I brought, I brought some Laramie energy to that college. Trust me. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I can't, I can't imagine not living somewhere where there's not a university or a college. Cause, uh, it's a different place than I've been to places that don't have that. And it's, Oh yeah. 
like, I'll go to where my friends live in non-college towns and we'll go out to a bar and I'll be like, wow, why does everybody want to jump off a bridge right now? Right. And I was like, oh, not enough energy here in this college town uh, or it's ta- yeah, like Laramie is. And so there's always, yeah, it's, it's fun. It feels like that. And, I, and going back to what you're saying about when you join the university of Wyoming uh, to be, to work, you're young. I was like one of the youngest managers in my department. Uh, and, you know, I'm in barely 30, you know? And so, and now I'm like getting old. And I was like, I remember when I used to be like us against the world. And now I'm like, <laughs> I am the world. And uh, no, you wait your turn. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but it's, yeah, it's been an experience and we just got a great commercial for the university of Wyoming right there. And, uh, but going back to, yeah, are we going to be going back high school? Yeah. He's throwing up the W people. We, Brett and I side note, we tailgate for university of Wyoming football games for the last I don't know, 10 years. And so, yeah, we're big sports fans. We're big, we're big, uh, into tailgating that keeps us young, uh, the evolution from having to stake out a spot to buying a spot is was great and everything. Well, I actually like to pride myself that we started tailgating at the university. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There was a time, there was no tailgating, and there was yeah. a brown dirt lot and no one there. And me and Santino Viapondo showed up with a pitcher of Bloody Marys and a football. <laughs> and sat there for hours by ourselves <laughs> but then we got kicked out of there when people started realizing like tailgating's fun yeah. um and uh no we've been to yeah uh, at one point i think where the american heritage center is um we had that spot out there oh wow brown um, the brown lots <laughs> yeah, it was a brown lot. Yeah. And the other, there's a building there now. <laughs> so you can't tailgate there now. But uh, we, my brother had an RV and he brought his RV down. We had to camp out for a night for, um, to get a tailgate spot for the Texas game when we played Texas. And they were oh, like wow. number one yeah. or two in the country. Um, and that night, whew, that was a long night. But yeah. Um, but then we went from there and then went to the other brown lot over there. And then we had the big, I had like five tents. Um, and now, now I really like our spot. We don't have to fight over spots. And oh, glorious. It's easy to tell location. people where we're at. Yeah, it's super easy. And we're there at the same place every time. Yeah, you know, fall <laughs> out of the stadium into it if you need to. It was, it, it was great when they didn't serve beer inside so we could get out real fast, have a couple drinks, get back inside. I'd gladly give up beer sales inside to be able to go back. But what's done is done. What's done uh, is done. Yeah, what's done is I done. don't think the university is going to go back to that. Oh, no. Because <laughs> um, I have a feeling they're, yeah. they're making some money on the beers. But. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad they took us off the pitch count. Glad we don't have to wear the bracelets anymore. That That's handy. Yeah, the one, two, three, four thing was stupid. Yeah, it's handy. So, and, uh, well, in high school, you, t- you spoke about college and you went off to college. Did you, oh, of course, did you always think you're going to go to college? Was it? You now live in a college town. Was it like, did your brothers go off to college and such? Yeah, uh, all of us went to college. Okay. Um, I I just wanted to get out of Laramie. It was one of those yeah. like, and and um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it, this again goes to the generational gap between my brothers and me. But yeah. my parents and I were not getting along very well. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my brother lived here with his wife 
And so they let me move in with them my, the second semester of my senior year. Oh, wow. And that's what really uh, locked it down for me that I needed to get out of Laramie. Just, it was one of those where um, that little bit of freedom that I got that semester told me that, yeah, I, um, I should leave here and just kind of, I don't want to say start over or whatever else, but just wanted a different experience than staying in Laramie. Yeah. And I, did, and, I, went, I went and did it. Yeah. Uh, did you apply all around or you knew where you were going to go? I knew, I, I knew where I was going to go for the most part. I mean, I applied all around. Um, I got admitted to, I don't know, three or four schools, but it was either here in Laramie at, at UW or um, Hastings College where I ended up going. Uh, yeah. and, and my older brother, uh, who's 10 years older, he went to Hastings College. And so I'd, okay. I'd been there and um, I guess I was a legacy or whatever you want to call it. I guess that's what they call him. Ah. Um, and so there was a little bit of familiarity there. And then he had his in-laws, his wife's parents lived there. And so I had like a little bit of support structure. Um, and it's the same size town as Laramie for the most part, a little bigger, but um, college is smaller. Yeah. Um, could play baseball. So like, I don't know it, it was, it all worked out. So, I mean, you, you ended up playing baseball for Hastings college. Uh, well, I, I was on the team for maybe okay. a year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't I'm not going to say I played a lot. <laughs> yeah. Until I take it that in high school years, you were relatively good. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was little, so I, I had a, I didn't really grow until I was in college. So it was really weird. I was, when I graduated high school, I was like five, five and 115 pounds, which I'm not knocking. If anyone's listening, I'm not saying that's small, but it felt small. Um, and then at Christmas time, I remember Christmas time, my freshman year, I came back and it was really weird experience. Cause I saw a lot of people that I knew from high school that were always taller than me. And all of a sudden I was like five, nine like 145 and it was just weird because I was taller than people yeah. now. And um, I remember that experience being really, really strange because I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know that I'd grown, <laughs> um, but I figured that out. And then, you know, yeah, I grew quite a bit um, that first year of college, uh, man, if I'd have grown in high school, who knows, <laughs> but I, I hear you. I got recruited to play football and every coach was like, at colleges was like I thought you were taller and I could have used that growth spurt in college but I'm the same height as I was in high school so I'd already hit it and I knew it I was like it's not you could stretch me out you could it's not happening and uh I was like I you could stack on muscle but I'm not gonna get the leverage needed to do my position and they would put they'd be like this would be your teammate and I'd be like oh my god that guy's huge <laughs> like I don't know about this and so I, I knew I was going to go to college because uh, my dad pushed a lot. My dad and stepmom have masters. My stepdad has a master. Like they were like, you're going to college. We don't care where you're just going. And so I kind of, and when I went to apply to university in Wyoming, all you had to have was a Wyoming high school diploma to get in. We've up the standards nowadays, but I was in and uh, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't the greatest student. I kept at it. Uh, there's a lot of things I wish I would have learned or like been like, maybe I shouldn't have spent half of my time studying and then running my body into people like, cause now it's not like a popcorn machine when I walk around, but yet <laughs> I could have used some of my brains then. And, uh, but it took a while to figure out how to be a student and especially on a college game. And, uh, it was, 
it was fun. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, a lot of it included you while I was in college <laughs> and, and such. And so um, it was, I, I, I didn't even realize you lived with your brother like that last year, your senior year. It totally does not ring a bell, but would make sense to. Yeah. And even, even yeah. when I, would, even when I would come back, like for like, um, like Christmas break or spring yeah. break, or whatever. I, uh, he was still here and I'd still, I'd stay with him over my parents and they yeah. would, they would come over to the house to see me. So yeah, it's a, uh, weird dynamic, I guess. But, uh, at the time, um, it worked really well. I think it worked well for them. It worked well for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we had, well, I got to go throw in, uh, New Year's Eve parties, uh, wow, freshman year on a high school. And so, yeah, Brett's coming back. And I don't, I remember you getting taller, but like, I always remember you wearing like 17 shirts. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, I'd always say I I would get like, (laughs) I would get like, uh, two double XL t-shirts and and layer them. And, uh, well, cause I wanted to look bigger. Yeah. I think is why I did it. Like I think back on, I don't do it now. Although I still have two shirts on now, (laughs) but different, different. um, but no, I did. Yeah, I used to. I would never go with just like a T-shirt that fit me. <laughs> I I thought, well, that you want to look bigger, and well, it's Wyoming, and you were a smaller guy, so you just want to stay warm. Like, I was always skinny. Yeah, yeah, I was always skinny. Um, yeah. and yeah, it was cold here. Yeah, I figured there was double duty, but being at the time, I was getting bigger and bigger with every drink I took. Like I was just getting warmer and hotter each time my body temperature, like, I'd be like, what do you guys talk? I, I was never one to wear shorts in negative 30 degree weather, but like it hit with 50 and I'm out there shorts and yeah. T-shirts. Well, I'm, in, I'm in, I'm in shorts now, but I just got back from Fort Lauderdale yesterday. Oh, there <laughs> so, you go. So yeah. I'm rocking a really good tan right now. <laughs> nice. So I'm nice. like, yeah, look at all the tan. Look at all the tan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we have that, uh, wider than white tan this time of year in Wyoming because yeah, the sun does come out, but I don't know if you want to put your body out in the sun to get that. So I wish I would have gone off to Florida. That well, I'm, I'm peeling a little. Oh yeah. Look at that. Yeah. He is peeling everybody. Um, and so when you got to Hastings college, did you know what you wanted to major in? Uh, kind of. Um, so that like my freshman year, I don't think I declared well, no, I did. I declared. So I ended up with a triple major. I majored in three subjects, um, but I knew I liked history. <laughs> yeah. So I majored in that to start. And then I added English just because that kind of went along. And uh, I was going to do political science. I can't tell you why. I just thought that that paired well with history and English. Um, but I took a class uh, and people can Google this. Uh, Dr. David Lovekin was his name and it was a philosophy class and I fell in love with philosophy. Wow. And so I went history, English and philosophy. Holy. Wow. That's a lot of reading. Uh, Not really. You can see through it and um, (laughs) you just have to be really good at writing papers. Ah, That's the key. It wasn't my jam right then. Uh, Did who's your history teacher in high school? I wonder who inspired you. Um, you remember i can't say anyone who necessarily inspired oh. me so i liked i well 
so I liked Mr. Smule's class. Um, right. And then uh, Mr. Lowendorf, I think yes. was his name. Does that sound right? Yeah. He was my favorite. He's one of my favorite teachers. Yeah. And he had the curly hair. and Yeah. Uh, he would glasses. do the change. Yeah. You ever yeah. do the thing with the change? And oh, yeah. 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 He, um, I'm not. Uh, I, don't, I can't say they inspire me. I'm sorry if they're listening. Oh, no, 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 no. But I mean, like someone clearly taught history in a way to you to make you want to major in college that's what i thought inspired you no so what inspired me was actually going to england so when uh, we were in england we went to all these like medieval places and castles and roman walls and um, yeah oh yeah and i don't know why i was uh, that stuff inspired me a little bit because i was kind of like like this is like <laughs> like england's been around a lot longer than laramie <laughs> definitely and so i was like um like i was blown away by some of that stuff and like what the romans did and i just i thought medieval times were like really cool and and so the like what i really hated in college uh was i had to take like a lot of american history and i'm like you're taught that like all through (laughs) you're not taught a lot of medieval history until college you're not taught a lot of like roman history or or even um world uh midwestern history like the ottoman empire and stuff like you're not taught that stuff in high school and so that was the part that i wanted to learn i wanted to learn all about anything not with the u.s um and that again i'm you know america i'm i'm all for it but oh, yeah. i just wanted to learn stuff and and then english was just like that was just again english was easy like that yeah. was fiction <laughs> non-fiction uh-huh. um because i think my I think my degree had an emphasis on literature, which is reading, I think. But um, yeah. <laughs> again, all I have to do is write papers. And that's yeah. all I care about. I can, I can argue anything in a paper. There you <laughs> you know, as long as I back it up with some quotes, I'm good. Uh, I, I took a philosophy class at the University of Wyoming. And I remember sitting on the first day of class and we were tasked with defining love and oh my it like by the end of class i was like no i'm out like i i I like philosophy now but my 20 year old brain was not having it at the time and because i was like i'm tired of asking question why all right if you ask why one more time i'm gonna get angry and see and i and i would argue why is a great question i i I love those i love those philosophy essay tests where they'd be like what is your definition of life? <laughs> yeah. Like, boom. Let's go. Throw out yeah. five pages. I think we got down to a fondness for one's genetic makeup was love. And that was interesting. I don't know. We probably picked it up later classes, but I dropped because I was like, yeah, I'm not ready for it. I'm not really ready for it. I would I would argue the natural pheromone is the more important portion. Okay. okay. Natural pheromone. Okay. Is, is where the love occurs. <laughs> I gotcha. I don't think we were even going down that road. The little bit of science <laughs> of, of genetics was probably a, a, a dive into uh, a more analytical thing, look at it than what your heart and pheromones and stuff do. But see, now I can talk about it. Then not having it. And uh, I, my friends like Jeremy Wheatley and uh, name drops and. Travis Daniels loved philosophy and, and they took a class. I remember they took a class called uh, the Greek mind and it was a philosophy class. And they'd always talk about it. And I'd be like, I'm out. 
but uh, I understand it now. I, I like a lot more. My brain is more built for that kind of understanding than I was then. But I mean, I don't, I don't know why. Time. Like, like I fell in love with it. One class, yeah. one class. This yeah. guy. Sold me. Oh yeah. And then, but then there was hard parts of it too. Like you have to deal with like uh, classes, like the deal with philosophical logic and like logic oh, yeah. like that yeah. now you're bringing math into it and that i'm out <laughs> yeah like i can't and again i work in it and you, people always think it is math and i'm like yeah i don't i, I can pull a calculator up on machine <laughs> if i really need to do the math um but you do need to have logical brain for a lot of yeah. that stuff but and, and i don't and um but man i loved philosophy i just thought yeah. like that whole th- thing about thinking made sense to me Trey, i get it so three majors and finishing four years or five i four years yeah no i averaged right around 16 to 18 hours a, a semester. i actually <laughs> i always took a pe class um and sometimes i doubled up on pe because they were on like one credit hour classes yeah um and we're super easy <laughs> and i loved pe like it was yeah. my favorite subject in college <laughs> yeah but uh i had 17 hours of pe and um any other um uh, they didn't offer a minor in pe <laughs> but any other subject at 17 hours i would have had a minor in pe i needed uh three more credits for a pe major <laughs> i couldn't squeeze it all in <laughs> i i took a pe class it was swimming as exercise and it was brutal um, because uh, I was a good swimmer. I was a very good swimmer, um, but it was all ex swimmers. And so like, oh, today's warm up's going to be, you know, 3000 miles. I'm like, God, oh, yeah. But there was some good. I mean, I was just beat every time. I'm glad I took it during the summertime because uh, then I could just go home and pass out for a while. But I mean, there are some good, definite workouts, but I never completed the full like workout for the day just because it was. There was like, I remember the instructor was like, everybody who was a swimmer in high school, raise your hand. I think I was one of like three people that were not. Uh, but no, I mean, I have, yeah, so I strokes and all that. My, my senior year, my last semester, um, I took a PE class called Modern Dance. Um, and first day of class, I sh- showed up and I've been to enough PE classes that I didn't think this would be a thing. But I walked in, it was me and like 13 girls. Um and the teacher handed out the syllabus to everybody and i'm looking through it and she goes around the class and has everybody introduce them and she said you know what's your name um what's your experience in dance um <laughs> yeah i mean just right this right yeah. so you know i was like my name's kim i've had 10 years of tap and i'm on the dance team yeah. and then like yeah. everyone had all this dance and it got to me and i was like I go to PJs every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there you I, go. I was reading the syllabus and it said like, um, if you miss three classes, you automatically drop a letter grade. Okay. So I'm, I'm picturing like I started a, um, if I miss three classes, I go to B. Okay. And then the rest of your grades depended on the final. And I was like, cool. Cause every one credit P class I did was a, 12 question, one page, multiple choice <laughs> deal, like coaching baseball. Gotcha. Like I can pass that test coaching uh, track and field. I can pass that test. And I had taken all this PE. Um, and so I was like, cool, this is great. 
And so I didn't go. I just didn't go to the class. And then I showed up the, for the final. Um, and I remember walking in and one of the girls comes up and she's like, Brett, what are you doing here? And I'm like, it's our final. I have my pencil. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, uh, you haven't been here since the first day. And I'm like, I know. But she said, if you miss three classes, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm at a B right now. All I got to do is pass this final. And she's like, well, the final is you have to choreograph and perform your own dance. <laughs> like what (laughs) and so i ran out to my car and was flipping through my cd thing (laughs) and uh i had um the the men in black soundtrack (laughs) and so i went in and she helped me i'll give this girl that same girl i'll give her she was on the dance team i'll give her all the credit in the world because we're out in the hallway and she's like showing me a couple of moves and putting this. And all I tried to do was recreate the Will Smith rec. Uh, oh, yeah. The Will Smith um, video from Men in Black, where he's like, here come the Men in Black. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I get on the stage <laughs> and I put the CD in and I'm Brett Williams. And the teacher is like, okay, Brett, what's your dance about? And I'm like, secret society that protects the planet from aliens <laughs> like, and i'm up there trying to recreate this video for the whole three and a half minutes of that song and um the and again there was all dark i couldn't see it was just spotlight on me and i'm doing this dance and it stops and i hit stop and the laughter coming from the crowd <laughs> was so much and I realized, you know, early on in that day that I had to like play this out. Like I actually choreographed and yeah. <laughs> dance. So I'm straight faced and not listening to all it. And the lights come up and um, it all worked out. But man, that was uh, it, not, not the best. You <laughs> Napoleon dynamited that before he was even a thing. You know what? The only, the only thing I can say is I graduated in 1998 and thank God there weren't cell phones and video. Oh things. yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. I, I think whatever technology guys said, maybe we'll wait for this to be a thing till later. Cause Oh yeah. Lots of incriminating. I will stuff. say, yeah. I will say I did get a B. There you go. See, I had a, a drama an acting class in high school and uh i could like it was a, a scene and i i couldn't remember the lines and so i took a dramatic pause like a, and it came to me but i thought i was not like selling it at all and uh we get time to do the scene and i remember my partner had to like do some pauses too uh, cause he was remembering lines and we got done and, and the instructor was just like, that was so great. I can't believe I almost cried during your pause. And I was like, yeah, me too. Cause I could not <laughs> remember <laughs> the lines. I was like, yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was half-assed and it turned out good. I don't, I never have a plan to be like an actor later in life. There were actually some really, really talented people in my class, uh, that it was just great to be partners with cause they could carry you along. Uh, I was not one of them, but I learned that I didn't want to be one of them. The class I had that like sh- shattered my brain forever was a uh, screenwriting class and it was Bill Downs. And it was like, you can't watch a movie and or a TV show these days because it's all been done before. 
and it's all in delivery. I mean, like, I was just like, stop ruining things. For stop me. ruining things. <laughs> Come on, Bill Downs. <laughs> yeah, stop doing it. And uh, I mean, I think I saw him not I mean, a couple of years back on campus, and I told him that. I was like, once I took that screenwriting class, it ruined everything for me. And he's like, I thought I told you guys this was going to ruin everything for you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it did. And so I have to learn how to shut off that mind when I watch TV at the production side. And then like, oh, this storyline's going this way because it's all been done before. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was uh, things you learn in college. And I'm glad you got to be on your final I wonder if you were going to incorporate the pencil in because you were ready to take 12. No, I never was able to incorporate <laughs> Like I was really hopeful I could. I, I think I even went up to her and asked. I'm like, is there any chance there's like a paper part of this? <laughs> um, no, I didn't get to do the pencil or anything. But no, and, and you understand, like, it was a big deal because I took, I only needed, I don't know, like 13 credits to graduate. And so I was right at that number, right at 13. And so that one, that one credit modern dance class, if I don't pass it, I don't wow. graduate. Oh man. And I was like, I was sweating it out all the way up until the day of graduation. Cause I was like, man, I hope she, I think she was going to let me through anyway. Again, who think about it. What professor says, if you miss three classes, yeah, you just drop a letter grade. <laughs> And then the rest of it's dependent on the final. And I'm like, I mean, how many classes are there in a semester? Like 15, maybe 16. And they <laughs> should have said the final is a choreographed dance. It should have been in the syllabus. Should have been in the syllabus. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally different, totally different mindset. So once you uh, graduate Hastings, where do you go from there? So um, I was offered a job at a place called Information Technology Incorporated, uh, ITI for short. Um, it's now known as Fiserv, which at the time they were a subsidiary of Fiserv. They ended up actually buying Fiserv, uh, which was based out of Brookfield, Wisconsin. But ITI was in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, oh. And that job was banking software. So gosh, this is going to date myself so bad. <laughs> I don't know if you remember like... Um, when you used to write checks yeah, oh yeah, and you would like uh, spend a check somewhere and then you'd get a statement at the end of the month and you'd have all the checks printed out on the statement. So you can oh, see yeah. all the checks. So what I did was installed the software that allowed banks to capture the images of the checks to put on those statements. Um, and I did that for three years. Um, and I, I traveled to 37 States in those three years, I was on the road. Wow two weeks out of every month. Um, and when I was in the office that I was supporting and preparing for the next week's trip, um, it was a hard job. It was a lot of travel. Yeah. yeah no doubt. Where would you fly out of? Uh, Lincoln or Omaha for the most part. And we had both, we had two private planes or we'd fly, um, commercial. So if we flew, uh, we flew private. It was always out of Lincoln commercial for the most part. We went out of Omaha. There'd be some flights out of Lincoln, but it'd be like Lincoln to Kansas city, Kansas city to wherever. Um, Omaha was always Omaha to Atlanta, Atlanta to wherever. Um, no, we got a, uh, and back then that's pre, this is pre nine 11. So it was oh, like, yeah. you just walk on the plane. And <laughs> uh -huh. Oh yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> I remember those days. I took a flight actually back after 9-11 from New York 
on October 1st, back to Laramie. And uh, that was the beginning of, oh my God, this is going to take forever to get through security. And never really lined up since, Uh, except for then um, I wasn't who they were looking for. And so like, I kind of like, was like a high, a hot knife through butter. I could have been the craziest guy in the airport yet. I wasn't what they were looking for. And so I, I, I it was the, one of the easiest flights I've ever had. So there's not many people on the flight. Uh, Cause nobody's flying right after 9-11. I was like, this is the best time to fly. I think we've tightened up our, our security a bit. And uh, everybody was on like, Oh, I'm going to take that guy down. If he looks at me, I'm wrong on the plane, that kind of uh, uh, stuff was going on. So uh that was easy but i remember flying prior to that where like my parents would walk me all the way to the gate and and stuff like that because i flew a lot in oregon i'd visit family in like washington stuff because that's where our family was from and then going back to visit oregon from here um yeah i learned how to fly a lot so uh i can't imagine i've never i've never flown on a private jet that would be Oh, that's great. No, I yeah. don't like I highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's literally like driving. I don't know how to explain it. Like yeah. you there's no security and you just get on the plane and you fly to a place. And usually, like, so I had to go to Maine one time and we flew um corporate. And again, I'm guessing he's probably have to go through security nowadays, even for I, I yeah. don't know what we do. <laughs> but um we were flying to Maine and we stopped in Lexington, Kentucky. And in Kentucky, the airports are really, really nice. This, these are tiny, not like, I don't know, yeah, um, Louisville International or anything, but Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky, little airport. But they all, they have all the Middle East folks coming by horses. And so they have, they were really nice airports and they had different languages and stuff. But literally you land and he opens the door and you get out and go get a soda. <laughs> they fill it up with gas and you go back in and you get in and you fly back off the main. Um but I do remember that made me think about this a little bit because pre 9-11 was really weird in, in the way people travel now. Cause, and I don't know if people remember this or not, but I traveled so much, but like when you had a layover somewhere, like anyone could come to the airport and walk right in. Oh, yeah. the gate. <laughs> like yep. all they had to do was walk through a, like a metal detector. And I don't think the metal detectors did anything. It's not like anybody was standing there like, <laughs> yeah like as long as it didn't ding because there were places like in the same day i could be in omaha and fly to chicago so i'd go through a metal detector in omaha get on a plane fly to chicago and then to get to my gate i have to go through metal another metal detector and then that one would go off and i'd be like i have not done anything different where <laughs> i was just at in omaha yeah. And usually, and it's probably your belt or whatever else. And they, they, all they did, they didn't pat you down. They're just like, you have anything in your pockets? I'm like, no. Huh? Oh, oh, cool. But like anybody could go in the airport anywhere. Yeah. And so the one, the one good thing about today's security world, I do think about this is like, at least once you're past security, like you're broke away from anybody who's not a ticketed passenger. <laughs> it's an uppity club in there. It's, you gotta, you gotta pay for a ticket to be in there. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's. It is interesting because I, I remember like, oh, I'm a layover in Denver or whatever, flying from the West Coast. And people would come see me, pick me up, do stuff, go back because you'd be like, oh, I'm back on that plane in seconds. But now you not dare leave that airport because it's going to be. No, you know, go. I mean, it's going to take an hour. Then I, it's going to take at least two hours to get back in. Yeah. 
you have a better chance of your luggage getting there before you do if you try to leave ahead. Well, I mean, and I remember like living in Lincoln. So Lincoln to Omaha, so, I mean, it's only like a, I don't know, 45, 50 minute drive. But from like my apartment to the airport, um, if I had a 6 a.m. flight, I'd leave Lincoln at 445, <laughs> roll up to the airport 15 minutes before the flight takes off. And there was there was just nothing like, yeah, yeah, walk right on the plane. <laughs> So, like you said, three years of that job? Three years, yeah. What made you change? I know, the travel? (laughs) Yeah, the travel, it was pretty good novelty at first. Like, it was kind of, but even when you were on the road, like, I never got to do anything a whole lot. Like, I mean, there are places that I got to experience some stuff, but um, most of the time you were there, you were at the bank. You you had to finish the job in the week. So, you were there from, I mean, it Monday was a travel day. And so you'd get to wherever at whatever time. And you were there those, that night was always the longest be there till nine or 10 and hopefully go grab something to eat, depending where you're at in the country. Yeah. Bigger cities were easier. There was more places to eat. Yeah. Like, yeah. There were some really small places where it wasn't as easy. So they were, it was a lot of hours and then um, you're just gone all the time. And so you like, you don't have a real personal life. You're just on the road the whole time. Um and then there were a lot of weird rules they had. Um, and again, it wasn't, it was a great place to work. People were all nice. You, you hear this about bad places that people work at. <laughs> and I'll say it was a bad place to work. I still have a lot of friends that work there, but, um, and they're great people. And you, you hear this, but people were great. The job wasn't that bad. It was just a bad environment and okay. bad culture. And it was, a, that's where I, and we were traveling all the time and all that. Um, and I was scared because, I didn't want to not have a job and they were, if they found out you were looking, you'd be fired. And, ah. um, and it wasn't a place you put your two weeks in. Like the day you come in and say, I took another job. Here's my two week notice. They're like, okay, we're going to walk you out now. Here's your box. Yeah. Um, and, and I was scared and, and about them looking and all those things. And the job popped up at the university of Wyoming and I was like, I'm going to try for it. And, um, worked out, I guess. <laughs> so how'd you like living in, Lincoln. I know love you're Lincoln. big. Love Lincoln. Go Big Red. Yeah. Big Cornhusker fan there. Yep. Love, sure. love, love Lincoln. Lincoln was the best. It yeah. was awesome to this day. Nice. And I know this, but people at home listening may not. You met your wife in Lincoln, right? I did. Yeah. At the yeah. same, we worked together. Yeah. Okay. You met at that place? Uh, again, it was a big, yeah. uh, the only people we knew in Lincoln was at this work. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And so you guys, wow, you met there through work. Interesting. Because I'm very much anti, like, no, separate church and state. But yet you were there nine, 10 hours, like just working all with the people. I could I get where that can happen. But I'm yeah, all, all most time, jobs I worked at. There were, in fact, uh in my time in three years there, I went to uh you can include mine, um five weddings of people that worked together in that company. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. It was pretty rampant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I guess it's not a place where, yeah, two weeks notice. It's uh, time to go. You know. Um, so, University of Wyoming, you get a job. Pack up the wife now and head out to Laramie. So, um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, so, I knew I had, I don't know, I, uh, 
I started, I knew my job at UW started at like, like June 29th and I put my two weeks yeah. in like May. So I had, I don't know, I had about four or five weeks to kind of figure that all out. Um, that was great. It was like a five week vacation and I had, you know, important things like to rent a U-Haul and yeah. um, plan out packing. I don't know. Um, but no, yeah, I moved out. Um, and uh, my buddy Santino was still in school. And so when I came out here initially, like it was kind of just me and him hanging out all the time for a good six months, I'd say. Uh, I would go back to Lincoln a lot. Like I was going back um, every other week at the least. Um, and then, um, well, not six months. So what Nebraska played Notre Dame, um, in Lincoln and I got tickets. And so I went back to that game and, uh, the, the Friday night before the game, I, I proposed then, and then we figured um, out her moving out here. <laughs> and then, so I proposed on a Friday night, we went to the Notre Dame game the next day, which might have been the most boring football game in history, but Back then, Nebraska still won games, so we won, <laughs> beat Notre Dame. Uh, Sports Center was there, or I mean, uh, not Sports Center. Game Day was there. Ah, oh, sick! Nice. So we went to Game Day in the morning, and then partied all day. And then it was a night game, and it rained. And, um, uh. and then I drove back on Sunday, and then we figured out that she would move out sometime in the next however many months. And now you, how long have you been in Laramie? <laughs> Twenty. Well, since since Nebraska, um, uh, yeah, since Nebraska, uh, twenty years, twenty years, huh? Two thousand one, two thousand one. I moved back. Two thousand three. So yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. I, I during your time period, like when and uh, you know, you going to Hastings, me moving to New York, like we didn't have social media, we didn't have like. It was kind of like peace. I'm off to the world. Yeah, we'll you see know. you when we see you. Yeah, we'll see you when we see you. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's you move back, you know, to Laramie and such. I went out to New York. I was married and a ex-wife and all that. And you're like, who's around that I may know? And you're always shocked. Oh my God, you're here. Cool. You know, like, um, but I was I came back and I was reborn a college kid because uh within a year I was a bar dj and getting hammered drunk a couple nights a week yeah it was it was fun i remember going to joys all the time when yeah. dj root was playing <laughs> yeah and so but like um <laughs> and then eventually i was like well maybe i need some more age-appropriate friends and uh <laughs> uh less uh more focus on you know not getting drunk four or five nights a week and uh, what really saved me was moving to the house I'm at now. Uh, no bars, no Ubers, no nothing around. So it was like, I'll just stay home. Like, that's just easier. And the more I stayed home, it was just like, hey, I don't need to go out all the time. And and then I'm going to go get drunk on game days and have fun then and not have to do it all over the course of four days and nights where I have to get up and work the next day. I'd usually like try to make Friday my easiest day uh, at work. And I would you know, bust my ass through the week to make Friday easy. And then I'd work extra so I could come in later when I was salary, like hourly employee. So Friday I could like take off half day if I needed to. Cause I was usually probably struggling that morning. Cause Thursday was the first night of DJ and out of three. And, uh, but I mean, Hey, it had its benefits. I'm not, I looked young too. So 
uh i had a blast in that those years but blurry and then now now <laughs> you, yeah those people are like my age are a lot you know they're like oh i thought you were like a few years older than us like a full 10 years older than a lot of those guys <laughs> that i would hang out with and dj and stuff it was interesting and then they everybody graduates and moves to other towns and i'm like well well now what do i do in this town and uh so it was great that that you know we reconnected and and you tailgated and there was a lot of guys like shutterly and getting to meet conrad and jen i knew jen in college for a little bit like she was a pie fi and i remember we had the conversation about it and and it was just like wow i guess you can go home and meet the same people it was interesting to happen uh so move out to laramie um might be speeding this one up a little bit uh you uh i know you have kids <laughs> you got two of them they're pretty cool i think um when did when did they come along in your life <laughs> um so Braden, my oldest, uh, who's 16, is about to turn 17. His birthday is March 29th. Happy birthday, Braden. Nice. Um, he, he'll be 17. And so he was born in 2005 um, in March. Um, <laughs> I yeah. laugh only because he was supposed to be born. Um, so Tracy, my wife, uh, was preeclamptic, I think is the word. Um, so you have to you get monitored every week and they're worried about uh, yeah. like blood pressure and stuff. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm not a doctor. But yeah, uh, we're doing all that stuff. But the doctor was like, um, this is on a Friday. She's like, he's going to come this weekend. Um, <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> so he's supposed yeah. to be born on the 28th. And I have a weird... <laughs> um, uh, what's the right word to use? A weird. Uh, um, I don't like odd numbers. And so okay. yeah. he was supposed to be born on the 28th. And I was like, perfect. It's an even number. That's <laughs> all I care about. Yeah. And he didn't. And then, so she said, if he wasn't, if he didn't come on the weekend to come in on the morning at 7am on the 29th, and we had to do that. And turned out there were like 18 kids being born that day because <laughs> we're just wow. sitting in there and, uh, babies were being born left and right. There was no rooms. And, um, they finally, uh, got her into a room and did the inducement and yeah. Yeah. Induced labor. Yeah. Um, but then he was turned and so we had to do an emergency C-section. And so it was a stressful day. Yeah. Uh, Michaela, who, uh, is 14. She was born on January 20th, um, 2008. Um, Hers was a lot easier because it was a planned C-section, but on that one, she was supposed to be born on the 21st <laughs> and yeah. I got it paid back because the doctor called and said, are you guys bored? And we're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, well, don't have anything going on right now on the 20th. And he's like, you want to come in and just have the baby now? And we're like, sure. <laughs> so we went up and had the baby. That reminds me of Ray, our buddy Ray, when he was their twins, uh, they were in for like an, uh, just a checkup. I can't remember if they were doing a week or two, whatever. And he's like, and the doctor was like, oh, well, time to do it. C-section, emergency C-section. And Ray's like, I went in not thinking I'd be coming out with two twins. Like <laughs> I knew twins were coming, but not that day. Like I didn't expect it. It was so like, hey, you have kids now. Well, you're we just going to the hospital for a checkup, but now you have two other human beings ready to roll with you. So yeah, he found him. I 
telling me kids i applaud you guys for doing the good work you do with your children i'm not, and, I'm not gonna lie it's pretty weird bringing kids home <laughs> yeah i bet i bet oh my god yeah like and then there's some people i'm like they have kids man i should have kids no but uh, <laughs> i there were just certain factors in my life and it never was a pushing goal and then the older i got i was like hmm i can just go on vacation anywhere and do what i want this sounds like a good idea and spoil niece and nephews and all that stuff. And then give them back. Yeah. I'm good with all that. And so or spoil my friends, kids and get them all riled up, teach them curse words and stuff and give them back. Yeah. I'm in. I like that one. And so maybe people don't want me to hang out with their kids anymore, but Hey, yeah, I give them right back. All wins rude. Like everything. Yeah. You're describing yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's uh, it, it must be very interesting. And to see my friends grow up and be, and be great parents and stuff is always Cause I was like, we put ourselves in near death in so many situations <laughs> and uh, now you're raising a kid and teaching how to drive. All right. I'm probably 50, 50 on all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I make, I make sure they're fed. There you go. There you go. Um, I got one last question for you. This question I ask everyone on the show. Since it's called all my friends, let's jog your memory a little bit. How do we meet become friends? Oh man. So back in high school, I'm going to call you out a little bit rude. Like you kind of, you had your Laramie Plainsman jacket on. (laughs) You were always kind of walking around like I'm the big football player. That's how I Yeah. Yeah. But you were like one of the nice ones. And so, um, that's where we became friends where, uh, I don't, uh, Jay Johnson, uh, I got along with really well. He was in your class, I think. Yep. When we, yep. yep. Um, and I think I met you through those guys like him and Ruggles and, um, maybe even JT Walsh. Um, but it was then, but then we became really good friends, um, after you graduated. Um, and again, we were neighbors, so there's all oh, of that yeah. plays into it, but, <laughs> But, but no, it was Larry Plainsman jacket uh, walking around. Um, I was, I, I liked my teammates well enough, but I got along really well with like Yancey and Doug and Cavelli and those guys. And so we ended up like going, doing lunches and stuff like during their, my last year. I mean, I wasn't doing football, but yeah, we'd hang out for lunch. Well, none of the, none of those guys are going to pass up a lunch. Uh, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I probably started that one because we don't hit up the, you know, the Godfather's buffet, you know, and we are all football players. So where's your other pizza at? You better keep them coming. <laughs> I kind of miss the Godfather's buffet, yeah. to be honest. That place was the right. ball. And so, uh, and definitely, yeah, I got out of high school and I want to say I probably really met you in the Bar- Baskin Robbins parking lot at probably at one point, probably through Ty, I, I'm getting a guess. And uh, yeah, good friends from there. Great memories. As I tell people, I go, yeah, I don't disclose everything about people or talk about it. I was like, that's for the movie and or book when we're all retired. And I can unleash those things. And because it incriminates me just as much. But yes, people, we're so happy we didn't have social media then. We just lived our lives. And we were lucky that people carried around cameras, mostly girls. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I was there. Like, that <laughs> all right. There, well, there's a there's a lot of stories in between all of that. So, oh yeah, there is a ton. 
<laughs> but the, I'm not going to. We can talk about them, uh, not on a microphone. I'm not at all about that. There's got to be some, you know, intriguing parts about us. I had an employee uh, a couple years after I'd stopped DJing at bars and stuff. And he was like, so what do you do in your spare time? Like, are you a devout Christian? Are you really into it? And I was like, you don't know DJ Rude? And he's like, no. And I was like, that is awesome. Cool. Like, I, I had a stigma attached to me. And now the kids don't know who I am as much anymore. This is good to have when I try to hire people. And they're like, yeah, we, got, we went to Love Joys the other night. I got so drunk, so I DJing. I'm like, yeah, that was me. And so, yeah, it was, it was awesome to grow out of that a little bit. The, the true people, the true friends know the real stories because they've lived them and they were there. And so I don't need to tell other people the ghost stories. We talk about them off mic and such. And we do. And we do, folks. You want to catch a good story? Come to our tailgate. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Open, there. Open, open for gain there. Yeah, we're open for there. And because we're not recording it, so we can tell you whatever we want to. <laughs> I remember. So I had, a, I had a nickname in high school. Some people still call it. It was Bills. B-I-L-L. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was a senior and a, a sophomore was there and uh, he came up to us and I was with, I don't know, I don't remember who I was with, a couple of girls, a couple of guys, whatever. And he was like, hey, I heard there's this big party this weekend. Um, we should go. And we're all like, oh, yeah, where's that? And he's like, I don't know, but I heard Bills is going to be there. <laughs> and I was like, I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to be there. <laughs> Good to know you're the selling point of parties. Yeah, at that point with this guy, I was like, I was just like, how do you not know that's me? I was like, who's Bills? And the girls were laughing. It was kind of funny. Yeah, I, almost similar kind of story. I was outside Lovejoy's and uh, I was DJing, stepped outside for a little bit and there was a guy outside and he started uh, shit talking DJ Root. Uh, I can't remember what exact beef was. And I, I just jumped in like, that guy fucking sucks. He won't ever put a quest. Drunk half the time. And it's just piled on. And we, I, on cue, someone came out the door and was like, what's up, DJ Rude? And I was like, oh my God. And backpedaled. And I was like, hey, it's good to get criticism on that. I'm not busting your balls too much. You're never allowed back in here. But I was like, I get it. It was fun. I was, but I mean, to not really know who you're talking to and that kind of stuff and, and, and say things, but Bill's is going to be there. That's how I'm going to tell everybody now, but I rarely like have called you. I don't remember calling you bills that much then or now. Um, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't roll off my tongue as much. Be Willie. That's more sensible. Uh, I got, right. I got so many. As yeah. <laughs> well, man, I want to, uh, thank you for being on the show. For sure, man. Glad to be here. I want to thank Brett for being on the show. We could literally talk for hours on any given day about any given subject. So if you want to hear us talk sometime, join us at our tailgate during Wyoming home football games. We have a great time. We have some great food and there's just a great group of people around us. I love that we got into how awesome the 90s were, music, movies, all that stuff, and how it shaped us into who we are today. It was pretty cool to talk about it and, and really think about how the 90s were so influential in our lives. All right, folks, on to the next episode.